Westerberg. Welcome to episode five. I thought I'd upscale my intro music a little bit. This next policy we're going to talk about is really how to fix graduation and make it much better. The theory of graduation is to recognize the class, not single kids out. This policy also will touch on using grades that are weighted and why they don't work. So sit back and relax, and we're going to have a fairly lengthy podcast compared to the others on graduation and how to improve it for your students and your community. The need to change graduation has been around for a long time. We've done graduation the same way forever. Essentially singling out one or two kids to get up and do a speech, and the other kids have their name read as they walk across the stage. Really, graduation needs to be about recognizing the class, not singling out a few students. The singling out a few students who manufactured the best grade points is really not the purpose. The purpose is to recognize the class that's graduating. One of the major issues we have is people still use, not a lot, and it seems to be going away, is valedictorian and salutatorian, which is the finest form of academic Darwinism we have in school. Let's find out who can beat out each other for one one one-hundredth of a point to notch ahead of them, which we all know as adults is totally irrelevant. It's what you take for that grade point that really matters. Another issue with that valedictorian and salutatorian mentality is it narrows it down to two people. Unfortunately, when folks use things like weighted grades, it makes it even worse because then it could be 10 people who have high grade points like that. Weighted grades need to go away. That's not how you incentivize kids to take difficult coursework by making their GPA higher. Colleges throw out weighted GPAs because then they go back and recalculate the students' grades, not based on all their coursework, just from their core classes' grades. And so weighted GPAs don't work. They don't get kids to take classes. If you want to have kids take upper-level classes, you have to have that culture of learning in place where they understand why taking these courses help them. Every kid ought to understand why college algebra in high school is an important thing. And we don't need to give them a 4.2 because they got an A in it. All that does is set up this fight against one another. Who can be one, two, and three? This is a real problem in schools, and it's been going on for a long time. We tell kids the GPA is important. We don't tell them the real story. What's really important is what you take and how you prepare yourself, not what grade you get. I would much rather a child get a B in calculus than take an elective class they don't care about that they can get an A in. It's really important we change that persona. One of the ways to change that persona is by changing how we graduate students. So, for example, it's really important to have students understand a GPA 
is a grade point average. Obviously, four-point scales are very simple. Everybody uses them. The most important thing a kid needs to know about a GPA is way easier to take it down than it is, is to build it back up. That's why it's important to have things like the retaking class policy. And when I talked about retaking classes, generally speaking, the valedictorian salutatorians aren't the kids we're talking about. But in your retake classes policy, you do need to have something in there that says a student can't retake a class they get a B minus or better in because then they're just manufacturing grade points. So you need to stay away from that. The best example I can give you, as a high school principal in Spring Lake, Michigan, I was a young principal, eager. I had a wonderful student, probably one of the smartest kids I've ever had in my 40 years of experience. She was not recognized at graduation because she was third in the class. As an eighth grader, she took Spanish 1 for high school credit and got two A minuses, which, again, A minus, I'm still okay with. However, her grade point was not high enough compared to somebody who had a four point and another student who was higher who had only had one A minus. However, that student had a 12 point lower ACT never taken a college class, never taken an AP class. They took the absolute normal, minimal expectations, got an A in all of the classes, including four years of band. And this girl, who had a brilliant high school career, taking tons of college classes, every difficult class we had, was penalized for two A minuses in eighth grade Spanish one. Sure, a simple solution would have been to say, don't count middle school grades as part of their high school GPA. However, that's not really the solution because you want kids to take algebra, geometry, Spanish one, whatever high school requirements they can get out of the way in eighth grade when they're really a gifted student, you need to let them do that so when they get into high school, it frees their schedule up to take more challenging things and college coursework. I told myself sitting there, this girl walking across the stage, and we just introduce her name, hand her to her diploma, and that was it. Would never happen to me again. The student who had 12 points lower on an ACT, took all the minimum expectations, and had a slightly higher grade, was up there giving a six to eight minute salutatorian speech. Didn't make any sense to anybody. So I set aside that and decided what are we going to do to fix it. I was fortunate to have a great group of teachers, and that teacher group and I sat down and said, what could we do to do this? We went through all kinds of strategies of make minimum expectations to be a valedictorian, salutatorian. You have to take college-bound classes or AP or get certain scores in classes. The problem is one size doesn't fit all. 
a student taking AP Art History, that might be their area they really want to go into. But it's not really considered one of the academic APs. But that's really not the issue. The issue became very simple. We wanted to reward hard work and dedication, which a GPA is. We also wanted to award scholarship, ACT, SAT. And most importantly, the new mantra became, let's recognize the class, not single it out. And that was a very powerful thing. So what we came up with was a system of summa cum laude, magna cum laude, and cum laude. Cum laude students were 3.5 to 3.7, magnus were 3.7 to 3.9, and summa was 3.9 and above. Those students were recognized in the program in alphabetical order, and it was bronze, silver, and gold cords for them. We recognize their grade point and their hard work and achievement to get that. But as we all know, there's a big difference between somebody who gets a 93% A and somebody who has 104% in the class. We also decided that we were going to put an asterisk next to a student's name if they had a 3.0 grade point when they graduated, and we would call them an honor roll grad. They didn't get cords, but in the program, we put an asterisk next to their name. Literally, it was a keystroke of Microsoft Word to recognize those kids. So we had honor roll grads, cum laude, magna cum laude, and summa cum laude. What we wanted to do was establish a category of who are truly the top scholars. We created a Senior Scholars Medallion, and it's an academic medallion, and it's for students who have a GPA and an ACT or SAT that make 1,600 points or better. So how do you get the points? GPA is real simple. When you have a four-point scale, it's GPA times 250 with a total potential of a thousand points. Your ACT score times 27.778 if you got a 36 would be a thousand. For SAT you use a different formula your SAT times 0.625 that would give you if you got a 1600 that would give you a thousand points for your SAT. So there was a potential of 2,000 points. We set the marker initially at 1,600 points to be a senior scholar. The beauty of senior scholar is it didn't matter if we had 10, 11, 15. We're talking about $5 medallions. We wanted to have senior scholars. I will tell you, as time grew, we did have to move the markup from 1600 to 1650 because we still wanted to keep it. We used the top 10 mentality as our mindset. And so it didn't matter if it was 10, but we wanted to use that figure. And so 
we eventually moved it up to 1650. But a medallion for scholarship is based on hard work and dedication in the classroom to get grades and true scholarship based on national standardized testing. Senior scholars was the goal. So what did we do with graduation? Who got to speak? Well, we live in a representative democracy. And so senior scholars who also were in the summa cum laude group met as a group and picked their three speakers. And we used three because we decided not to use outside speakers. Nobody comes to your graduation to hear somebody talk about political stuff or any of that kind of stuff. People come to see the kids and want to hear the kids. So we had three speakers that the group would choose. They literally voted on who would speak at graduation. It worked incredibly well. And while we were at it, we also recognized students who had completed CTE programs. So if we had a CTE completer, they would be wearing a green cord. And so the program worked really, really well. And one of the issues that I had talked previously about was progressive honor roll. We put a star next to a kid's name in the diplomas, excuse me, not diplomas, but in the program that denoted if they had been on the progressive honor roll. And so imagine a graduation where you recognize kids instead of single them out. The kids come down the aisle at graduation. Some have no cords, but they might have been on the progressive honor roll or on honor roll graduate of 3.0 and their name was marked in the program. Other kids came down the aisle and had a green cord because they had been a CTE completer. Other students would come down with bronze, silver, or gold cords based on cum laude, magna, and summa. There was another group of students who also had a medallion as a senior scholar. Imagine the student I had talked about before walking across the stage. We would have been able to say, this is Jane Doe, and she is a summa cum laude graduate and a senior scholar, and she has taken all our science courses, and she's going to the University of Michigan. That's how you recognize a kid at graduation. Every kid who walked across the front of the stage we told their name, their academic status, if they had merit status, progressive honor roll, regular, magna summa, whatever they had, we had those. As we named those off as they walked across the stage and also said what their post-secondary plan was. I will tell you that when some of our students walked across in their post-secondary plan, and they were going into military service, there was a thunderous roar of applause from the crowd. Those are special things. 
graduation became about recognition. Parents of other kids were starting to listen to what were the accolades this kid got? Where are you going to school? Are they going into the military? People left our graduation going, wow, it's amazing where these kids are going to school and look at the status they had academically. That's what's really important about graduation. Recognizing students. Progressive honor roll. Tell people this is a child who was on the progressive honor roll. Tell people they were an honor roll graduate at 3.0 or better. All you're doing is putting asterisks and stars next to their name in the program. Magna, summa, cum laude graduates, bronze, silver, gold cords, CTE endorsed, senior scholars who's either SAT or ACT and GPA combined to be 1,600 points, which puts them in the top 10 of their class. I always get asked, well, Mark, you know, there's some scholarships for valedictorians and salutatorians. Well, first, there are very few of those left. And by the way, you still know who your valedictorian is, who has the highest grade point. Often I see schools who have a four-point scale where there's five kids who have four points. And so then how do you decide who's who? Well, it's real easy if you have senior scholar. You use their standardized test points along with their GPA. So we could tell people that our top senior scholar was our top scholar. We could also say that the person who had the highest GPA would be considered the number one. Remember the goal. The goal is to recognize kids, not single it out. Stop having graduations that are so old school perfunctory where a kid walks across the stage, you say his first and middle and last name, and nobody really knows their middle name, and they get their diploma and then go sit down. Take 10 or 15 seconds. Give the kid 15 seconds of glory. Say their name. Say what their academic status is. Say what their CTE endorsement is. Talk about them, where they're going, what's their post-secondary plan. That's what a real graduation for kids should look like. It's really important to recognize students. It's one of the few times you're bringing people into your building from all over the place, and younger siblings see that. It's very important. Our program for graduation took a lot of time because we put a lot of data into it. We would recognize magna summas in the program and we would list their names alphabetically. It's really important to do that. It is one of those pieces about establishing the culture of learning because that's the statement you're making. They came to high school, they achieved this, they're going on to do this. That is the entire purpose of graduation, is recognizing the students when they do well and recognizing them as they leave. Of course, some students will come across and just have their name read because they didn't meet any of those criteria. But I would hope that's very few. 
but every student who walks across the stage, even those without academic standards or CTE, you'd be able to say what their post-secondary plan is. That's what I consider a real graduation. Thanks for listening. This one was a little longer than normal, but it's a really, really important one. And one last thing, you don't walk in next year and say, hey, we're getting rid of valedictorian salutatorian. You phase this in over three years. So you go to the freshman class and you say, now that you are freshmen, this is what graduation is going to look like when you graduate. So for the next three years, you can still do all these things. Progressive honor rolls, salutatorian, valedictorian can still be part of what you do. But you can have senior scholars, magna, summa, cum laude graduates, progressive honor roll. You can still recognize all those things and still have valedictorian and salutatorian for the next three years. But your incoming freshman class is the one who you make the change with. I hope this helps. Again, as most things, if you go to my trimesters.org website, you're going to see a thing on how to do it. If you want to email me, call me, whatever works for you, I can help you with details. But I will tell you, it is one of the major things you want to do to help with culture of learning. Thanks a lot for listening. It's Mark Westerberg, and you've listened to Episode 5 of School Improvement. Thanks a lot.